Hi, this is Jessica Zor, and I play Lieutenant Tala Kiali on the Orville. And you are listening to Planetary Union Network. Hi, this is Joe Quickle. And I am Michael May. And this is Planetary Union Network, the official Orville Fan Podcast. And joining us again tonight is John Kassar. Welcome back, John. It's good to be back. It's like we just talked to you last week. It just feels like it was yesterday, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> except, except a long week went by of anticipation for a lot of people. Oh, like my God. Yeah. Between the two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as we were saying last week, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't all summer that we had to wait for this. <laughs> yeah, that would have that would now now in in hindsight that would have been really mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but all on right. the other hand, you don't have you, uh, on the other hand you don't know what we have in store for the finale. So yeah, be yeah, not quite yet. Yeah, if you're throwing this in like in the middle of the season, then you know where are we going from here is <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I, I I saw somebody say uh, um, with the uh, the budget that was spent on the two parter, it'd be kind of funny if um, the uh, the ship gets transported to some kind of low budget universe for an episode. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just cardboard sets the, and the quality the quality <laughs> does not change. It's it's, it's going to keep coming at you. Right till the, the last thing. So you don't have to worry about that. We're not awesome. doing a bottle episode where everyone's on the bridge and they tell stories what it was like in season one. We're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into this thing. Um, so we, we pick up right where we left off at the end of the previous episode where the Orville's being followed by all these Kalon ships are heading towards Earth. Uh, the crew is all kind of sequestered in the shuttle bay and they're trying to figure out why have the Kalon, why are the Kalon keeping them alive? Um, and uh, Gordon tries to, uh, to, to get some answers out of the guard. And, and it was reminding me a little bit of uh, earlier in the season when he was taking the test the, to, uh, you know, the leadership exam and um, his uh, his his diplomatic skills haven't really improved all that much since. No. <laughs> he hasn't learned much between those two episodes. That's yeah, <laughs> which is but, good. But the thing about Gordon, what you got to give Gordon is he, he he tries. He truly like goes into everything he does with a belief that it it can happen. Right. You know, right. against against all odds, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got some. We got quite a few of those uh, in this episode too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, this is a great him. episode for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, thank God for Gordon in this episode because he's the only he's the only really sort of light uh, <laughs> comic element I think in, the, in these two in these two episodes. And yeah. his, his his wisecracks always come at a good time to just relieve a little bit of tension. Yeah, you need somebody like him in your life. Uh, yeah, so the, the Kalon guard's not having it. He just kind of uh, stays quiet there. Um, and eventually, um, s- some of the other 
Kalon's come in, including Isaac, um, which um, gets Ty kind of excited that he he's still not buying that Isaac is like, either they're not buying it or not understanding that Isaac is is betrayed them, and uh, so he tries to to go see Isaac and and kind of chaos ensues there as people get very nervous and um tala ends up getting shot and shot hard too like she goes flying yeah flies across the room yeah yeah and uh, was the, I, I think we saw i saw in an interview talking about that's the one she wanted to do and and mm. there was no way she was going to do that stunt. <laughs> so, <laughs> like I, I can do this no you can't it was it was a tough stunt it was a it was tough on the stunt woman too so i'm happy we didn't let her do it there was no way she was going to do it so how does you know, that work? You're on a, she's, she's on a wire. She's got a harness okay. on and a, on a wire, and we virtually yank her. Mm. And, mm. you know, it, it's, uh, it's a little tough on the body. It doesn't matter. There's no real protection. And then you're landing on the hard ground. You're not landing on a mat. Yeah. So it, it's a tough one. It, it's, it's one of those stunts where you know you're going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, not seriously. Not seriously hurt, but, I mean, you know, being a stunt person, it, it's tough on your body. So right. that, was, yeah. that was a tough one. Uh, that was a hard one, but you know we wanted we wanted to show the power of these guys. I mean, it's a con- we're constantly showing their power uh, and their ruthlessness. So it was it was a big part of these two episodes. Yeah, uh, as as you know, we'll get to the scene, but it's really important that when we get to a particular scene, you really believe that they 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 will not stop at nothing and they will kill anybody. Yeah, I was kind of worried a little bit. Like I wasn't like logically, I wasn't really worried. Like I. I knew that there was very small chance that you introduce Tala and then four episodes later, you know, you kill her off. But I was worried. Like in my heart, I was like, you know, Oh crap. You know, is this, is this where they're going to go? And, um, you know, maybe they, maybe it is, maybe maybe Tala's been a fake. I've got to tell you, then that's, you know, that's a pat on the back of Jessica and the writers because they've, they've already sort of made a part of the crew now and you do care about it. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm sure you're not the only one. I, I think a lot of people are going to be in the same boat where she virtually has just been introduced and, you know, she feels like part of the gang already. She's fit in very nicely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and it also speaks to the kind of unpredictability of both of these, these episodes, the identity parts. Yeah, absolutely. That, that well, so, also, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. And the unpredictability of new television, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I've got to say, I've got to give it back to my own show, which was 24. We're the ones that started killing regular characters. And, sure. and then, at, and then after that, absolutely no one had a choice. Everyone had to do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I remember, I remember, I remember lost like every, you know, every, every week, one of the characters would get close and never die. And I remember the fans going, well, you know, Look over on the other channel over there. They're killing people on 24. <laughs> somebody, has to, somebody, somebody has to go here. And yeah. sure enough, you know, uh, then, then some of the regulars started dying off. So you you mm-hmm. have to. And, and it's, it's exciting for the people. Otherwise, I think, I think television, because of the nature of it, it's not like a movie. You can go to a movie and anyone can die. Brad Pitt can die. You know, George Clooney can die. Anyone, any, anybody can die in a movie. But in television, you have this, well, I know they're coming back next week, so I'm sure they're going to be safe. Yeah. And so, you know, new television, that new age of television that came with 24 and a few other shows, that all changed. And now that's all thrown out the window, basically. You never know. So, yes, we could have killed it. Yeah, and that was why yeah. I was very concerned with Isaac. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> well, I, that's right. Uh, but so um, Dr. Finn 
kind of checks Tala out. She says she's she's alive, but we got to get her to sick bay. Um, and uh, they Ed's kind of able to to talk the Kalons into letting them go to sick bay. He kind of convinces them that that uh, Tala's an important part of their plan, um, just based on the the idea that the ta- the the Kalon must be keeping keeping them all alive for a reason. Um, and uh, then I guess it's shortly after that that uh, Ed has a conference with the primary, um, where he's kind of told what the Kalon's goals are that or why they're keeping the the Orville crew alive that they want them to uh, basically when the when the Kalon armada reaches Earth they want the crew of the Orville to explain to Earth that the Kalon have come to join the Union so to kind of get through the uh, the uh, the defenses there. And um, a pretty good plan. You got to, you got to, yeah. you got to mm-hmm. the Kalon. Pretty yeah. smart on their part. <laughs> yeah. They're not, they're no dummies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also like at this point, like I'm still, we are talking about how Ty kind of has, has not lost faith uh, or he's just not, not believing that, uh, that Isaac has really turned against them. And, um, you know, I was still at this point kind of trying to figure out, where you know, it, it, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not gonna say I was trying to figure it out, but I was very nervous. Like I was, I was, I wasn't sure what you guys were gonna do with Isaac at the end of this. So, um, but the the primary tells uh, Ed that Isaac was constructed after the extermination, which does a couple of things. It, first of all, kind of lets Isaac off the hook as one of the instigators of that genocide, um, but also it kind of gave me a little bit of hope that okay, if Isaac is was not around for all that, then then maybe there's a chance that he, um, you know, isn't as kind of connected to it. Um, and Joe and I were kind of talking a little bit before the show, just about like Kalon quote unquote emotions, how they don't really have emotions. They don't have feelings, but, but, um, but the nature of their artificial intelligence allows them to kind of feel some of the same effects. Uh, so, like in the episode where Kay- where uh, Isaac and and Claire were together, um, you know, there's a whole thing about Isaac, uh, you know, his, his subroutines or whatever are used to her being there, and, and it's, it's basically it's changed his behavior, and so he misses her, even though he's not like emotionally capable of missing somebody, it yeah. still has the same effect on him, right? And yeah, that's, uh, exact, that's exactly it. That's, yeah. that's exactly it. And we we had a lot of conversations about this with Mark and the writers about. You know, where and and Seth obviously on the day just watching it while we were shooting it. You know how how that that fine line that we walked with Isaac mm-hmm. and that we wanted exactly what your reaction is is like he's okay, no he's not okay. Oh he's gonna help. Oh no he's not gonna help. We wanted <laughs> that back and forth. It was important yeah. right to the end of the episode that you really until it became very obvious mm-hmm. that he does that thing that he does uh, with with primary that awful thing he does. Uh, <laughs> at that point, then you realize, okay. But up to that point, we wanted it back and forth. It was yeah. really important for us that, and and even in in you know in, in Mark's performance, right. And it makes sense with the Kalons too, like why they re- reacted the way they did to their uh, you know to their makers, um, you know, because a lot of what, they, what they're talking about feels like vengeance. It feels like uh, <laughs> you know it's it's more than just you know keeping the galaxy safe for our kind. It's like payback as well um which you know seems like an emotional response but you know there's also a way of explaining it where 
it's just it's it's kind of the it's logical course. Yeah, right. It's a logical right. practical one also. That's true. It could be both. Yeah, and I was fascinated too by the the they, they talked about how in order to control the Kalons better, their makers had installed pain simulators, <laughs> which is horrible. It's like. <laughs> You know, it, uh, it, it, I I don't know, and I don't want to know right now. Like, if you're ever going to go back and and explore uh, what those makers were really like, but what horrible people! <laughs> but that, it's really interesting because I don't know. I've never seen that before. I've never seen you know someone sort of control a robot that way. Right. Right. Know, uh, control an artificial intelligence that way, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting because it, it's a it's a human thing. That's, yeah. uh, that they that put on them, basically. And mm-hmm. and it really explains why they did what they did. I mean, it, it doesn't justify it, but it explains it. In, sure. In, you know, good terms. Right. Um, so shortly after this, uh, they, they, the kind of the Armada encounters another Orville, another Orville, another Union ship, the uh, the Roosevelt, I think it was called. And mm-hmm. uh, they want to, the, the Kalons want to kind of test ed and see if he's going to comply with this plan that they've given him um and so they they tested out on the roosevelt uh and, and put the bridge crew back on the bridge so they can communicate with this other ship and then hopefully send the other ship on its way with them not being any wiser about what's going on um and uh <laughs> so going in like kelly's kind of worried about is ed really going to comply and he says something about directive 98 and uh so that kind of lets us know that okay, he's got some kind of a plan. We don't really know what it is yet. Um, and then at the end uh, of the conversation with the Roosevelt, he says something about a 13 button salute. And um, I'm kind of curious, like, I don't, maybe you don't have any insight into this, John, but what is a 13 button salute? Like, I know it's a code, but like, who came up with that? That's just I'm kind not of a sure weird. It's a real code, but I know just from reading uh, Twitter that there was someone, someone in the Navy said something about, the thirteen buttons being something that was that uh, that was real. So that oh, okay. does come from a real. It does come from something real. I don't know if the thirteen thirteen button salute means get the hell out of here because the Kalon are going to kill us. Yeah. But <laughs> it, 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 the thirteen buttons do mean something. I, I have okay. to look it up. I wanted to look it up after I saw that uh, Twitter uh, post, but I never never got a chance. So the writers did find you know some kind of reference. Cool. Uh, well, that, yeah. that, that was real. Yeah. Nice. I'll hit Google when we're done here. That's fun. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm, do I'm doing it right now, actually, and that's okay. uh, <laughs> now I'm gonna now yeah, I'm gonna have and to. That, read was, it. that was a tricky scene too for uh, Carlos Bernard, who some of you may know from that 24 show. Uh, <laughs> but it was tricky because you know he had to. It was really one of those performances you have to put right down the line where he has to tell us as the audience that he's getting it, and there's mm. you know there's a little something, but of course he can't do it in a way that the Kalon would notice. So there's a, a tricky little bit of performance there. And I think he, he pulled it off. If you watch, if you watch it back, you'll see that you can see that he's, he's understanding what, what uh, Ed is uh, telling him. Yeah. I picked up on it. Even the first, the, the first viewing, like he, it's very clear that he's, um, uh, he's not there's at ease. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and so, and, and the uh, the Kalon, uh, unfortunately, also realize what has happened, and uh, um, you know, and, and maybe it's because they're just that observant, or maybe it's because of something that you know they they dug up in the files when they were kind of investigating, um, you know, 
the uh, union behavior. But uh, but they understand that uh, that Ed has tried to trick them, and um, they, uh, they they want to retaliate or, or they want to punish Ed by putting one of his guys out of the airlock. Um, and we get another little hint that maybe Isaac isn't fully on board with these guys because he does try to talk pri- the primary uh, out of killing the ensign, and he you just a very logical kind of language, um, but. Uh, but I'm still like at this point, kind of <laughs> holding out hope that uh, okay, okay, um, Isaac's not completely on board with this. But then he quickly backs off. And he does. He does. Yeah. And I didn't. You know, you don't see that coming. He backs off as quickly as he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the primary ends up killing the guy anyway, which was shocking. And uh, yeah. You know, um, and a great effect is we, you know, we actually see the guy kind of floating in space horribly um but uh and seth you know acted the hell out of that scene too like you know you really felt yeah, was his pain yeah and, and then that was uh one of our pr- uh, production assistants actually that uh oh yeah you know I had a mini acting career and, and seth gave him that part mm. and i thought he did a pretty good job actually yeah sure he did. Really did good job. Yeah. i'm telling you it's not comfortable hanging in that harness yeah. <laughs> have you done it john no, I haven't, but it squeezes you in the place where you don't want to be squeezed. <laughs> All right. Enough said. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> uh, and then we get a scene between uh, Isaac and the primary. Um, the primary is, is starting to feel like Isaac is not fully on board. Like maybe there's a flaw in him somewhere. Uh, he gives him a copy of Roots to read, which I thought was pretty pretty good. Um, and... Um, he, he thinks that Isaac's feeling sympathy for them. And, and we, we also learned that Isaac picked his name um, after Isaac Newton. And uh, the primary tells Isaac to pick a new one, which uh, we, we don't really follow up on that in, in this. I don't know if it gets followed up later, but uh, I'm, I was kind of curious to know, like what, what other kind of name would Isaac pick for himself? If, uh, if he had to. Yeah. Well, yeah. from here on in, his name is Bob. Okay. <laughs> After I'm, Bob I'm Marley, and please, please, his name's not Bob. Uh, he, he retains Isaac because because obviously things changed, and right? He didn't really have to change his name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice red herring, though. Yes, it was. It was actually. It was, and I I think everyone wants to read a book as fast as Isaac did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> What was it like a nanosecond? It was, it was pretty funny. Well, and I like the the way they they talk about it. He he's downloads the book. Yeah, yeah. He does yeah, it visually exactly. by scrolling through it. But that was a cool way of describing that. Yeah, with the way the way he does. Yeah. And back in the uh, back in the shuttle bay, uh, we learned that there's a P corner, <laughs> which of course there is. <laughs> Well, why wouldn't there be? <laughs> right, there would have to be, right? Like, <laughs> but uh, you know that this is what I love about the writers and what they do is that you know these are the kind of things you kind of gloss over in most movies uh-huh. and television shows, and and you know it is like one of the things where you think, where are they peeing? It's just in one big giant room, you know. And so it's it, it, it's funny that they address it the way they do and kind of just uh-huh. make a joke out of it. it, it right, it's really witty the way they do that. I, I think it's wonderful. Yeah, and of course it's Malloy who uh, <laughs> who points it out. <laughs> I was just in the pea corner. 
Yeah, it was, it was very funny. <laughs> um, and Kelly comes up with a plan to uh, to try to get the shuttle out of the ship and uh, and and go get some help. And uh, they they decide they're gonna you know try the krill, um, which is another great line by Gordon there. He says, "Oh man, P. Corner is looking really good right now." Looking good. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, thank God he's got the, the, that uh, he provides that humor for us. Right. Um, and uh, let's see. Uh, so Kelly also sends Yafit uh, on a mission to uh, to get a rifle. And um, Yafit uh, comes through. It, man, yeah. I, this is, yeah, a couple of times. I, yeah. I was, I was, I loved him in this. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it was great. The sort of you know the big oversexed Jello guy freaking saved the day. Yeah, <laughs> it was very great. Didn't see uh, that coming. No, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, like I, you know, I thought Yafit kind of had one joke, and uh, but he, you know, I, I'm I'm so thankful that he got to do a lot more in this and uh, and, and kick some butt, and, and well, not just kick the butt, well, some yeah, butt, but save the day. And it's it's smart the way they write the, what the writers wrote because he did things that a human couldn't do. Mm-hmm, you know, the mm-hmm. way he went inside one of the Kalons both times, once right. to save uh, Ty and then the other time at the end to, to sort of uh, fix Isaac. And then, you know, he had to fit through that little hole, uh, which, by the way, we virtually measured uh, Kai's shoulders to make mm. the hole so he could barely fit in. Wow. <laughs> Just because, well, only because at one point uh, it was his older brother that was going to do it. But I think I think when the writers wrote it, they were still thinking of last year and uh, forgot the fact that, that uh, he grew like a upward. And yeah. he, was actually, he was actually taller and bigger than, than the two women that he was standing beside. So, mm-hmm. I noticed you know, that. I, when remember he was... ta- I remember talking about it thinking, guys, we can't have him go when he's actually bigger than the, the ladies. Then yeah. they would go. You know, then, then <laughs> right. Tala would go because she's a security officer. So uh-huh. it, it ended up on Kai's shoulders. And he, he did an amazing job. Again, through both episodes, it was such an important part of this storytelling, and uh, Kai did an incredible job, just incredible. Yeah, yeah for sure. He but says really nice things about you two. Oh, he's, he's such a he's such a great guy. I mean, he's just as I've I've worked with a lot of child actors, but the way he takes a note and the way he understands you right away. And you rarely have to repeat anything, which is incredibly rare for a child actor. Sometimes it's rare for adult actors. But, <laughs> but in his case, it was so, he's just, he's so smart. And, and he wants to be in the business. He wants to be either a director or something. So, cause he's always like standing right, you saw those pictures. He's standing right beside me. He's asking what I'm doing. I mm. explain to him exactly what the shot is. So he understands it. And, uh, he's really smart that way. Yeah. So he's a, you know, he's a, he's a fine for sure. He's a That's fine. Wild. And especially with the, you know, how tight our schedule was to do the, these episodes, you know, there were a lot of people and there was a lot of coverage and, and he never held us up. He was always, you know, uh, right there with the adults. So, so he, he really is a fine. Very cool. Um, so yeah, so Yafit gets, uh, gets a rifle and, and Bordas gets to blast some guards with it, which is pretty cool. Um, that was cool. Yeah, I love Bordas in action. And uh, then Gordon and uh, Kelly are able to get out of the, the shuttle bay with the shuttle at light speed, which Gordon says he's never tried before. Um, 
but uh, he uh, he kind of clips his torso on the way out and and, and spins out. But um, but they make it, and uh, then Yafet and Ty go on their mission to try to get a message out to the Union. Yafet's going to deliver it. Ty's going to kind of uh, try to scramble it uh, on the fly, and uh, Ty ends up getting captured, and uh, that's when Yafet kind of infiltrates the Kalon body by just kind of oozing into it. And uh, that was great. That was such a cool scene. And uh, to see the Kalon go down that way. Um, And then, you know, was a little worried for Yafit when he came out. Like, he did not look so good when he came out of there. He was was a little crispy. Well, we also wanted to set up that maybe he was, you know, he was dead. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, you Mm -hmm. don't know what... you don't know what happened to him to see him again, uh, you know, near the end. Yeah, right. Yeah, just when we were like, oh, man, Yafet's pretty cool. He's got all kinds of other things he could do. It's like, oh, nah, is he going to die? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Heroic sacrifice, <laughs> yeah, right? We, it, was a, it was a roller coaster ride, this show, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, they uh, But they get the message through, and... Uh, uh, we get Admiral Halsey again, um, and he uh, is recalling the entire fleet. And great, great scene with uh, Victor Garber. Um, um, <laughs> like whoever he gave the order to was kind of wanting to argue with him about how long it was going to take to get the yeah. fleet. And he's like, yeah, yeah, "Screw that!" that. <laughs> yeah, um, that was great. I love that. I love that urgency. It was great. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, then we come back to Gordon and uh, and Kelly in the shuttle, and uh, they're being chased by one of the Kalon ships, which is steadily gaining on them. And uh, Gordon figures out a way to to basically, like I I don't know when I was watching it, I was kind of comparing it in my head to like a, a nitrous oxide kind of a a move, like Fast and the Furious <laughs> or something. But he um he he basically <laughs> reroutes all the power to the quantum drive, and and you know. Gives them their boost of speed, but then they're done after that. Like they got nothing left. They don't even have yeah, life. They got one shot Right, right. Um, <laughs> and it was great. Like when they get to where they are, and, and Kelly's like, "Are did we make it? Like, are we in Kalon space?" And Gordon's <laughs> like, like, "I don't know." Yeah, if the Big Dipper's not there, yeah, I'm kind of useless. I don't, I don't know that star thing. I don't know that star thing very. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the I'm just the helmsman, you know. Well, yeah, and you know, I guess. Why would you like, you know, he's got all these instruments that he's used to using. That's right. Why would he ever, especially Gordon, like it just doesn't make a lot of sense that he's going to like, you know, learn the constellations by heart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of course not. Right. So, uh, but they get picked up by the Krill and um, now what was the name of the captain? Dalek. Dalek, which I, I think you picked up on the ga- on the gag, Joe, but I did not. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, but yeah, Do- it's, Doctor it's spelled, Who reference. Yeah, spelled Dalek. Yeah, but they were pronouncing it Dalek. Um, it was pretty, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, of course, does not believe their crazy story. And uh, at least not until the Kalon ship shows up and and destroys a couple of the Krill ships. And then he, he uh, he's able to destroy the Kalon ship and, and changes his mind about the whole thing. Yeah, and, and I thought that was smart on the writer's part too to do it that way, as opposed to you're going to convince the krill. Like, what are yeah. the chances? Right. You know, and, right. and if if you saw that in the show, you'd be like, okay, guys, really, you really want us to buy the fact that you convinced the krill of this crazy ass plan? 
<laughs> of course, when that when the Kalon ship comes and starts blowing up their ship, then obviously, and I love I love the reaction, you know that that uh, that Scotty has, that Gordon has, which yeah. is like that's what we were telling you about. You don't believe us? You don't believe us now? Like, dude, are you high? That was. <laughs> yeah, are you high? <laughs> so that was. I, I just thought again that was smart of the writers, and it just makes it feel more real as opposed to, you know, trying to convince an audience that they would really, you know, talk to the krill and convince them to come, which is it was never going to happen. Well, and what's cool about it too is that it kind of makes these these two episodes, a sequel to the episode from earlier in the season um, with where the crow featured heavily. And, and there was a lot of talk about diplomacy. Ed was like trying to figure it out. And that was even kind of like Gordon's test and the leadership training. And, you know, they're all kind of like, how, how are we going to like, where, what kind of common ground are we possibly going to be able to figure find with, with the krill? Or they just kind of left it as an open question at the end of that episode. And now we're, we're finally starting to get at least a hope uh, for that here. Yeah, and it was it was fun for me because there were throwbacks to my Krill episode from season one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking, like, I'm just the Krill director now. Like, if, if Krill is in the episode, <laughs> then it's got to be me. Well, that's not you too know, bad. So it, was, it, was, it was because we rebuilt that set. We rebuilt the set that we built for my, my episode. Oh, so we, okay. We, we had it in storage, and we rebuilt it for this for the sequence, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and so it was... It was like I'm just a krill guy. I don't know what to tell you. I got all the krill. <laughs> well, those are good ones to have. Fine with me. because I, like, I like the krill. I think they're they're great. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It um it was a callback to that too because um I was I was had forgotten that the reason Gordon goes on the mission is not because he can fly the shuttle really well, but because he's like one of the only two people who've been on a krill ship and so Ed can't go because he's got to stay. Yeah. And he mentions Avis again. Avis comes up again. Yeah, so I told you I wasn't making that up. Yeah, yeah. So, that was so, great. So that's a throwback. To, that's a throwback to that episode. So that was, right. that was the kind of fun part, you know. Yeah. Um. So Mimo, back on the Orville, uh, Primary wants to see Isaac again, and uh, he he wants to test Isaac and see if he's fully. Um, you know, kind of gotten his act together <laughs> from the Kalon's point of view. And he wants Isaac to terminate Ty, uh, who was captured in, in that mission. And uh, it, you know, I, in my heart of hearts, I knew that wasn't going to happen. But, um, you know, you guys had me doubting a little bit when uh, Isaac yeah, pops out of those all, that's, all, that's all we can hope for. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure we're. I mean, we're not idiots. We're pretty sure that we know the audience doesn't think we're going to fry, you know, <laughs> right in front of everybody. Yeah. But but we just want that doubt. We just want that, you know, we just want you to, to have that tension. And the tension was definitely there. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was there. that They both did both, uh, well, all the actors, uh, you know, uh, playing Kalon and Ty was fantastic. You know, Ty mm-hmm. was just so good. He was yeah. so good in that scene. And Isaac actually points the lasers at Ty for a, you know a brief oh, yeah. second. There's that one Eight. moment where you're going, yikes! Well, I, <laughs> yeah. we shot it low. I shot it low because I wanted that like mm. Ty's point of view, you know, like, right coming right at you. So it was, you know, you saw those guns being pointed right at you as the audience, and so you were really virtually in Ty's shoes at that point. So, and I don't, I'm sorry, I don't remember if we talked about this last episode or not, but 
so the uh, the guns are those completely computer generated, or is there like a version of the mask that has those on it? No, those are completely computer generated. Okay. So imagine, you know, it wasn't it wasn't enough that we had that massive space battle, but all the all the Kalon okay. that you saw in this first episode with those guns coming out, all the ones yeah. that you see in this episode, that's a lot of GI shots just yeah. for the helmets alone. Yeah. And they're moving. They're tracking them, and they're they're moving. They're not lock offs. There's no green screen. Those are being built right on top of the heads. And uh, being replaced, basically. Wow, cool. Yeah, incredible work. Incredible, incredible work. Yeah. And and I think I told the story on Twitter, but those guns started out as normal guns. You know, the Kalon had their own mm-hmm. guns. And we started thinking about, well, what what would the Kalons have as guns? And then we thought, well, maybe they're like built into their bodies. You know, so we we started with a bunch of designs. We have all these. At some point, it'd be fun to put them out there for people to see. But we had them coming out of their forearms, you know, like, so we had like panels opening and, and sort of guns would come out of their forearms. And then, and then finally Seth said, you know what, let's have them come out of their head. Yeah. Like, let's have these panels open up and this like weaponry come out of their head because there's something about the fact that we've been looking at Isaac for, you know, two, two seasons now, all those episodes and not knowing that he had an arsenal in his head, <laughs> you know, just that <laughs> idea I thought was incredible, you know, the whole time that you're thinking, oh my God, not only did he betray us, he virtually had an arsenal sitting in his head this whole time. Yeah. You know, so I thought, I thought that was really interesting, not just that they came out of the head, but, and then it kept their hands free and it all made much more sense for what we needed to do for blocking. Mm. I think it just, it, it made more sense in the story that they, they didn't have weapons because when the guys went down, they could have picked the weapons up. Like there was just a whole bunch of other things and and that was a great solution to getting rid of the guns. Yeah, it was really cool. It, it reminded me of uh, the Iron Giant a little bit. Um, yeah, a little bit of the Iron Giant. Yeah, which was great, great. And I gotta throw a, a shout out to my son. He's the one that designed them. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, my son's a concept artist. I think I might have mentioned it before. So he designed those. He designed those guns. Very cool. But then you know, obviously, great work you know, by the, the visual effects guys to mm-hmm. make them come to life. Yeah. And this is where Isaac redeems himself. Um, he rips the primary's head completely off, kills a bunch of the other, all the other K-Line guards. And uh, he, he tells Ty, you know, what we've been wanting to hear, which is, I'm not going to let anybody hurt you. And uh, um, big sigh of relief. Yeah, yeah, but what a cathartic thing! Just like, yeah, I just I love that he rips the the robot's head off. Like, I, I don't even know why I react to it that strongly, but I just I loved that. Like, I thought that was the way to go. Yeah, I mean, you could have shot him easily, but right, right, but it, yeah, way cooler that we ripped his head off. It was uh, yeah, cooler. yeah, no coming yeah. back from that one. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> Uh, and then the two of them go to the bridge and uh, Isaac uh, kills off the Kalon on the bridge and uh, comes up with a way to basically deactivate all the Kalon on board with this E-impulse. Um, but unfortunately, that's also going to include Isaac. And uh, so we get, a, we get you know, not only, you know, kind of him uh, you know, turning around and, and, uh, and protecting Ty, but we now have him betraying his own people Um you know, betraying their, their master plan. And, uh, you know, we have self-sacrifice 
and we have him apologizing uh, to Ty. So, like, you know, it's just all it's all there now. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and beautifully done by Mark. I mean, just mm-hmm. I mean, considering, you know, he's behind that mask, it was just, he really only got his voice, and it was really incredible. You know, yeah. and even his voice, he can't, he can't change that much. It has to stay within a, you know, within a certain monotone, and, and somehow he still did such an incredible job with that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the crew takes back the, uh, the bridge, and so now the Orville is under the Union control again, and we get to Earth, and the Union fleet is there waiting for them. And yeah, that was an impressive shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then this battle, man, that was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Come on, hey, let's I was, say it. Let's say it. The best battle ever in a television show sci-fi. I, what do you think? Yes. And maybe it agreed. Agreed. I, Maybe. I haven't seen enough sci-fi shows to say that. I don't think anyone has, because no one's no one's been able to say one way or the other. But I think it's got to be up there for sure. Easily, if easily it's not on the TV, best, it's got to be the top three. <laughs> and maybe better than any movie that I've seen too. Like I, well, I that's, that's that's really that's a, that's a great compliment. But I, yeah, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree. <laughs> I, I mean, what it and reminded me about this. You know, we knew about this from the, the first day we came back from the second season. Because wow. because when we start, all the episodes are written. Yeah. So that was, the, you know, as we were doing those first six episodes, the whole time we were working on this one. I mean, virtually <laughs> working on this from the very, very beginning. It, it was because they knew that it was going to take so much time to do. We did the storyboards. I think I did the storyboards before I directed episode two. Mm. We had already done the storyboards for this for this episode of what was going to happen in that battle scene. Now, mind you, the storyboards were really just a jumping off point. Uh, and then, you know, between Tom, who sort of took over some of the edit on, on that show, a lot of the edit on that show, uh, between Tom and, and Brandon and Luke, and it just kept getting better. And I kept seeing different versions of it. And every mm. time I saw it, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like... Mostly when you see that kind of stuff, it gets smaller and smaller. <laughs> this has got bigger and bigger and bigger. I think when, you know, when they're racing to Earth, uh, when the Kalon are racing to Earth, I think the, the in the actual script, it's only three ships. It's mm-hmm. the Orville and two others are chasing. And I think they have like about five ships, I want to say, maybe more. Yeah. Uh, them. So everything got, everything got blown up because, because Seth wanted this right from the beginning. He said, I want a battle as good as any Star Wars movie. And yeah. that was, you know, to say that to us is, is pretty exciting for us. I mean, you're on a television show. Usually you get the opposite of that. So, yeah. so, uh, and I think the guys did it. I mean, I think Luke and Brandon and all those guys and Brooke and everyone else there, there's so many of them. I wish I, I you know, I could say all their names, but, but they just did such incredible work. And then all our vendors who, you know, who did it, and there was way more than one vendor. We had so many people working on it at the same time, but, but we're pretty proud of it. It's, it's kind of a, a fun thing to stand behind and, and something that the Orville will always be known for from here on in was that yeah. battle scene. Yeah. And you mentioned Star Wars. I, that is exactly what it called to mind. Um, I was thinking like a return of the Jedi and the big, you know, battle scene like around the death star and just yeah. so many ships and so many lasers flying. And, and I love, especially like when the Krill show up. And so you've got, 
like the the unions got like their blue lasers and the Kalons have their red lasers yeah. and the Creole have their green lasers. Oh, it was just gorgeous, so gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, I I've got to I've got to tell you honestly, I I I only saw once fully rendered before I saw it last night. Yeah, and I'm just gonna have to. I just want to go through it and like go frame by frame and pause it because <laughs> there's just no way you can retain everything as you're watching it. It's just mm-hmm. so layered. There's so much stuff happening. Uh, but what I really loved about it, and, and they did a great job with that, and even in the design of it, when we first designed it, it was really important that we were still t- telling the story, that it wasn't mm-hmm. just all out chaos. So you have all the story beats, which was important, which was, you know, our, the Orville getting involved, then the run, run to Earth, you know, let's go save Earth, which was important. And then we introduced uh, Gordon. Here comes Gordon. And, and uh. that was an important part. And, and we put that in, or the writers put that in, and Seth wanted it in, because if you think about those Star Wars battles, most of them take place, you know, from the point of view of the fighters. The fighters, mm-hmm. you know, the little single single pilot fighters are, are what really is the backbone to those, to, those, uh, to those big battles that they have in Star Wars. So that was our way of getting one in. And at one point, we even designed a beautiful, I think Brandon put it up on Twitter, a beautiful... Uh, 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 Federation uh, uh, fighter, you know, one mm. of the, the good guy fighter, and uh, and it's in there, it's in the show, it's in the battle, but you just have to look out for it because it it, it has the same kind of shape as as a, a cruiser, you know, so so it's in there, you just have to look for it. People are like, we didn't see any of those, but you, they're actually in there if if you look carefully, they're in there, and we wanted to get them somehow in there, but the story, it just we couldn't make sense of how we would be in one of those, unfortunately. You know, we, we tried to like, oh, maybe they captured, Quill captured one, and he's in one of those, but it, none of that really made sense. So we had to put him in a Krill. We had to put him in a Krill fighter instead, which still kind of worked. I, I thought it worked. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was really cool to see yeah. him. And, uh, and so great, uh, like, you know, Top Gun references. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just to walk in the that, park, that Kazansky. <laughs> yeah, that, that was written. And then the little, the little teeth chomp, that was, uh, that was an improv. That was a, a Scotty improv. It <laughs> was great. It was really, really funny. It was really funny. Yeah. And and uh, time to wash your mouth out with Gordon. <laughs> Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so so it was layered. It had all the storytelling beats. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then the krill come in and there's that yeah. beat. And so, you know, and that's important. Uh, it's important in all action, you know, again from my years on twenty four, you know, Two people standing, you know, across the room shooting each other. Two ships just in space shooting each other. It's cool for a little bit, but then it gets boring unless there's a a story that you're telling and let the audience come along for the ride. And and I thought the storytelling within the battle was really well done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So they uh, they defeat the Kalon and and some of them get away. Um, so I guess that's a story for another day, but. Uh, but they they save the planet, and not only that, but now we kind of have our potential peace between the Union and the Krill. And like clearly, it's going to be uh, you know, it's it's not like okay, we're all buddies now. Like this is the the beginning of a journey, um, not the end of one. But uh, but there's hope anyway. Yeah, and that again, that that feels real. You know, we're not just buddies mm-hmm. all of a sudden. We still something there, and and we'll see what happens in the future with the right. Krill. Yeah, and then uh, a great uh, callback to earlier when Yafit was 
inside the Kalon, he learned some things and kind of figured out how to uh, to get Isaac jump started after Isaac was disabled with the uh, the EMP pulse, and um, and then there's this great meeting with uh, um, Ed and, and Admiral Halsey, and uh, they're talking about what's going to happen to Isaac, and uh, like I was, I said to you last week, like I was so glad to see Victor Garber back. Um, and cause it's, cause I love him. But as I was watching this scene, it really made sense to me, like why you bring him back for this particular story, because Halsey's the one who puts, he put Ed in command of the Orville kind of against Halsey's better judgment. Um, and, and, but now he's like, he's backing Ed's move to retain Isaac, which, you know, just shows how much Ed has proven himself. Yeah, and it's really interesting because what I really loved is when he says, well, you know, put something in it to control them. And that's mm, a throwback. Mm. Oh, that's, that's what they did. You know, we, we promised we don't want to be those people. Right. You know, we don't want to go down that same road. That, that's a more disastrous road to do that again. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting to, to sort of, you know, the writers to, you know, call back to that was kind of cool. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It, it, they're going to have to trust Isaac, even though there's not a ton of reason to do so, but they're going to have to do it. Yeah. There was something else too. in that scene when, when before they, they uh, revive Isaac, one thing that I loved the way it was written was that, you know, some of the guys were like, look, this is like, he got us into this. It's his fault. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, Oh, Hey, let's revive Isaac. You know, there was some of the crew were looking at him going, why are we doing this? Like, let's, yeah. let's just let him be dead. Like, you know, it was, kind of his faults, which, which I thought was really, again, really good writing instead of, you know, having that kind of false, Oh, let's save Isaac. You know, there was this kind of like, he's the one that got us into all this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Why are we doing this? You know, it's, it's his fault. He did save the day, but at, you know, at one point it, it, it's, you know, he was a spy. He was, you know, what, what almost uh, ended humanity, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, so that, I love that. I love that. That was again, really, really well written. Yeah. And again, it's slow how it builds on the previous episodes with, you know, Isaac and, and Claire. We'll talk about their their scene together at the end of this in a second. But there's just, I was talking to somebody, like a friend of mine, about this season of the show. And it's the same, same is true of last season as well. But, um, you know, and I know that like Seth was intentional about wanting to only have a certain number of episodes because, you know, in, in most shows, you'll have, you know, 20 something episodes and maybe 13 of them be really good and really important. And then you have, you know, some filler episodes and this season of the overall is just the good episodes. <laughs> and, you know, it, like, it'd be easy to see like how you could fit in, like, you know, some other just kind of like not that important, not that good adventures right. like, in between right. these. Yeah. But, but that, that, that is all trimmed away. Like this is just like the good stuff, which is really amazing. Yeah. Well, also, also the, the the way the way we do it, it, well, the way it's done on the show, and it's not done on all shows, and it's actually done on very few, uh, especially in the network world. It's done in streaming. Is that all the episodes are written before you even start shooting? Yeah. So think about that for a second. So you can write them in a way where this episode connects back to that one because you know you know what that one is. It's not like when you're doing it, you know, episode at a time. That's harder to do. But mm-hmm. when you do it all as one piece, you can form the whole season as like one giant 14-hour movie. And yeah. that, that makes a big difference. Because I, I know 
on 22, on 20, 24. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. It's a 22 because that's usually what there's 22 episodes, but 24 was obviously 24 episodes. We didn't have time to do that because when we finished one year, we virtually three weeks later, we started the next one. That's wow. how long it took to do the season. So we virtually had, we're just, they were writing. They, they didn't know where the, the, the story was going past the shows we were shooting, you know? So, so it's just better. I mean, and, and look, they still did an amazing job. It was like, you know, walking a tightrope to do that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but, but like a circus act, a crazy circus act that you try not to fall off the trapeze. And we didn't, sometimes we did, but mostly we didn't, but, uh, but to write the whole thing and have it all and have a beginning and middle and an end to the season as a whole, because you've written it all at once. It's such a difference because when you're writing, you know, episode nine, you can go back and say, oh, you know what? Why don't we go back into three and add this? Because that'll make what happens in nine kind of relate back to what happened in three. And you can do that when you write it all together. You can't do it when you're writing one episode at a time. Mm-hmm. And that's the big advantage we, we had on this. And that's why that, that's, it's so smartly written that way. Yeah. And to, to make it even more of a challenge for you guys, each episode is also a complete story. It, you know, there's a very nice kind of uh, old-fashioned episodic quality to each episode, um, where you know it's not like I can see that you are telling a story all season long, but it's not like we're setting up this mystery in episode one and we're going to pay off the mystery at the no, end of episode no, thirteen. Not at all. Not yeah. at all. It's, it's it's just it's a minor serialization, not not a not a major one. Yeah, you know, there's there's that, and that's that was really important for Seth because that's exact that's exactly what they did on Star Trek, you know, the original right. Star Trek, mm-hmm. and that there there's that kind of you know there's a continuing story and the characters have relationships that grow, you know, or, right, or grow right. apart, you know, and so that that always happens and that's important in the storytelling. But truly, you have a uh, you know you have a, a beginning, middle, and end to every episode, and and they're cl- complete little movies in their own in their own right. Mm-hmm. Amen. So just, just to wrap up this episode, then uh, we have a, the last season, uh, that last shot uh, scene with uh, Isaac kind of looking out the window, um, kind of getting one last image uh, of, of Kalon as he, as he's able to see it from where he is. Um, and, uh, and Claire comes in and they have a little conversation and there's not, you know, everything is not forgiven, but she, you know, she brings up the word forgiveness and she um, is clearly wanting to forgive him. And, uh, and, and you know that she's, she's, she's going to work on it and she will, uh, I believe she'll get there, but. Um, yeah. And that's and what's lovely is that it's, 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 we're not there yet, but we'll get there. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll work to get there. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is real. Yeah. Which is, feels real. Yeah. And I think that's it. I think, uh, I think that's the episode. Yeah. God, that was exciting. I'm going to go back and watch it again. I, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't wait for the Blu-ray to come out because I want to watch this thing. I want to watch that battle. Just like you said, almost frame by frame. Like that's really frame by frame. Yeah. yeah. Frame yeah by my, frame. My, I've, I've got to see that. My next watch is definitely going to be on our projector. Yeah. I've got to see it on a big screen. I think it'd be spectacular. On oh screen. man. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be fantastic. Well, it was fun to do, and and uh, and I've got to tell you, I'm very excited about what I read on Twitter these last all last night and and most of this morning. It's very exciting for us, and and it, it's almost like we've graduated into real sci-fi now. Uh, we we always knew we were, but I think we've we've brought a whole bunch of people with us now after these two episodes. 
Very cool. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you. John, thank you so much. It's always fun to uh, to go through these with you. Yeah, it is fun. It is fun. <laughs> it is fun remembering something I shot like four months ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and educational as well. I just I really appreciate your insights as we kind of go through it. All right, folks. Uh, keep watching. We got a good season for you. Great. Thank you again. Okay. Have a good night. Bye, All right. Bye bye. Okay. So that's uh, that's it for the uh, two parter. Yeah. Yeah. How exciting. And uh, we'll be next. We'll we'll be next week. We'll be back next <laughs> week to talk about. Uh, the episode Blood of Patriots, which uh, sounds ominous. Um, and Ed must initiate peace talks with the Krill. That's pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm excited that we're going to jump right into that storyline. And it, it says really great things about uh, Ed and his career and just the way he's valued by, uh, um, by the Union. Yep. All right. Cool. You want to play us out? <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you're not already, please follow us on Twitter at Planetary underscore Union. We are on Facebook at Planetary Union Network, and we're on Instagram at Planetary Union Network. And we also have a website at PlanetaryUnion.net. So uh, find us there. Find us where you're finding us now, and we will see you next time. Jaloja. Okay. (laughs) Never gets old. It really doesn't.